What's up, guys, and welcome back to It's Called Football. My name is Otis. My name's Jose. And I think for the first time ever, uh, we don't have a ton of things that happened in between last episode and today, which is Friday. Uh, however, we did have some pretty interesting Care About Cup matches. So we're going to take a look at those, check out some uh, trending news around the world of football, and predict some big fixtures from this weekend. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, yeah, uh, first up, let's just talk about it. Jaka's apology. Yeah, so if you didn't read the statement that was put out by Arsenal regarding the whole Jaka incident that we talked about last episode, make sure to check that out if you're not familiar. Uh, he basically said, you know, I'd rather provide an explanation and support as opposed to a quick response. And he said, you know, I've received these threats and like, he said, them, you know, we will break your legs. We'll kill your wife. I hope your baby gets cancer. <laughs> heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Wow. And he said, uh, you know, this pissed me off and I react is basically what he said. And he said, I'm sorry to the fans that support us. You know, he only apologized to those guys. And a lot of people, a lot of popular figures have taken issue with it, saying they should be providing a more clear apology. I, I wouldn't apologize. I wouldn't. I understand his position as a captain of the club, as a uh, football player. It's a very privileged position to be in. But the dude's a prideful guy. And if he doesn't want to apologize, he's not going to. You can tell this was a PR spin by him and the club to get something out there. But I don't blame him for not apologizing. And for me, you know, understood, accepted, moving on. As simple as that. I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. done. I, I agree. Um, if I was Jacques, I probably wouldn't have apologized either. Um, so now this is more of an ambiguous uh, question we've got here. Um, this is more of an ESPN FC type question. But, <laughs> so completely uh, irrelevant oh, and yeah, having nothing to do. And, with what and we're not talking based about? in yeah. logic whatsoever. But who do you think would be the biggest team in the next 10 years? Are we talking Premier League or Premier League? Premier League. Oh, man. See, that's really tough. Um, and we could probably spend a long time talking about this. You Let's start with the top. I think the top team right now is City. Uh, I know Liverpool just won the Champions League, but you guys have won the league two years in a row. I think City will stay a top team for the foreseeable future because even when Pep leaves, which I think will be in the next two years, uh, there's a solid, solid academy and there's a solid infrastructure for the next manager to build on. And based on the successes you guys have had, you'll be able to attract quite a few big names. Oh, so you want to say anything about Okay, okay, okay. No, I haven't haven't said who I think it's going to be, but we're breaking down the teams first. Okay. And I agree with you. Um, I don't want to give too much of an opinion. I mean, my opinion may be a little skewed and biased. Okay. Um, So we know your answer. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Next team, obviously, Liverpool. I think we've always talked about it, the lack of depth in that squad. And in the Care About Cup match on Wednesday that we're going to talk about in one moment, you saw a lot of youthful talent pop up. And that's definitely a great sign. Uh, one big question I have is how much of the success is attributed to Jurgen Klopp and how much of this is solid leadership within the club hierarchy uh, because it's the same club that stagnated under Brendan Rodgers just a few years ago. It's easy to forget. Um, 
So I think there's a bit more of a question mark there because players like Salah, Mane, Firmino aren't getting any younger and won't be there forever. You know, we've even talked about some of them leaving after this season. Then you've got Chelsea, who uh, seem to have turned the corner pretty quickly, and they're getting back in form. They're in the top four now. Frank Lampard looks like he's doing a great job so far. Manchester United stumbling right now, but gaining their footing. Looks like they're holding on and not making the rash decision of getting rid of Ali. Um, then you've got Arsenal, who seem to have cleared house up top. Uh, looks like the Cronkies are more invested in the team. But you've got so many more question marks about the caliber of players they can bring in and who's going to lead that team going forward. You've got Tottenham. I feel like I'm just talking. Can you say something? Tottenham, honestly, I think your reaction is pretty funny. Who knows what's going to happen with them? They're a mess. Uh, and that's why I think the biggest team is going to be Newcastle. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's going to be... What do we think of Tottenham? <laughs> that shit. Yeah. What do we think? <laughs> we hate Tottenham. I we... think the biggest team in the next 10 years is going to be Chelsea. Really? Yep. Okay. I think it's going to be them. I think Liverpool don't have that much depth and don't have as uh, significant a hierarchical structure as a team like Chelsea that's done it for a long time. And they've had a lot of ups and downs over the past few years. You know, Mourinho got sacked when they were doing really poorly. But you also see how they can get a manager in and get big results within the first year. You saw Sarri do it. You saw Conte do it. You've seen Mourinho do it in the past. Gus Hiddink even did a decent job. Um, this is a team that knows how to conduct business. And even though they've gotten caught for their failings in the past, both in the league and uh, by FIFA with this transfer ban, they know what they're doing and they have a really good, talented, young group of players. And they're going to have a lot of money coming in in the future. I think after Pep leaves, City are going to stay in the midst. They're going to stay up top, but they're not going to be the dominant force they are now. No, I think Peak City was definitely the Centurions, 100 points, 17-18. I think that was Peak City, Peak Pep. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And that's not a bad Peak. No, not at all. (laughs) Not bad at all. Uh, You look at the other teams, Tottenham, it really depends on who their next appointment is because Pochettino is on his way out, and that's an old side. Their young players don't aspire much. Human son isn't as young as he used to be. Harry Kane and Lucas Moura may be the way going forward. You could see a team like Leicester replacing them. Yeah. In the top You six. really you, could. Like, you could see Leicester moving up there with Tottenham moving down, like, to competing for that seventh and eighth spot. Yeah. You know, realistically. You could say something similar about Arsenal. I don't think that'll be the case because I do think the new appointments, you know, are a first sporting director... Raul and Vinay taking care of things from a financially smart perspective, but also having contacts and networks throughout all of European football and all world football. You know, uh, I think the recruitment for this club is just going to keep improving. You know, uh, not to keep talking about Arsenal, but Willie Saliba, uh, super, super hot prospect from France. As soon as he started getting prominent, we got him, sent him back on loan. He's developing. He's seen as the next big French defender. They're still going in for another big defender in Upamecano. They're still, uh, you know, recruiting from all over the world. Uh, they're looking at getting a young Hungarian international in the in January. Obviously, Martinelli, we know all about him. Yeah. And that's not the only hot prospect in Brazil. We always know that. Uh, 
So I think Arsenal's going to be able to step up if they can just appoint a uh, decent manager. What are your thoughts? I think I agree with you mostly. Um, I definitely think within the next 10 years, you're still going to see teams like Chelsea up there. Um, I, I think that United are having a bit of a... Down, they've been having a down spell since Fergie left, what, six years ago now? Has it uh, been? Yeah, seven years. Seven, yeah. seven years. Uh, but I think that they'll, they'll figure it out in the end. Um, and, and I think they'll still be in the mix no matter what. I don't know if they're ever going to be as dominant as they were back in, like, the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, same with Liverpool, like, back in the 70s, how they were. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be teams like um, Chelsea teams like City, like you said, the infrastructure they have at City, even after Pep leaves, sure, they won't be as dominant, but they will still get, they'll still get the business done. Definitely. You know. Um, but here's my question about United. Literally, as we're recording, you get a notification on your phone that they're plotting a 100 million euro move for Declan Rice. They have a history of talented British players. But in this day and age, do they have the right structure to not only get those pieces like a James Sancho, Declan Rice, but also develop them into be the good enough players that we think they can be? I'm not sure Declan Rice is... I know he's highly rated, but I don't see it personally. I don't think he's worth 100 million euros. Not at all. No. Not at all. Even if you rate him highly, yeah. he's not. No. Um, and if they keep making moves like that, spending 100 million here, 100 million there, that's not necessarily smart. We know they can do it. Because yeah. they are by far the largest team in the financially world. In the world. as a brand, you know, in the world. Um, even though on the pitch they aren't doing that well. Um, so I think, I still think though, over the next 10 years, they will still maintain that spot. They may not be top dog, but they will definitely be up there. Um, I think you'll see an increase. Personally, I think if City can, can keep moving in the direction that they're moving, I think that they could compete with the likes of of Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man United, Bayern Munich. But those when I say those names, those are those are that's different than saying Tottenham or I mean or 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 Arsenal, no offense. Yeah, but like no, you're Barcelona, right. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, like those are institutions. Those aren't just clubs, those are institutions. And I think that if City can keep on the path where they're at, they can they can move in that direction. From a football perspective, you already are challenging them. But I'm no, tra- not to be too crude, mm-hmm. you're kind of choke artists in the competitions that matter. A hundred percent, and in the Champions League, yeah, right. But we don't have a European trophy, and like I said, like as long as we can continue to compete, win a few here and there, you know, I don't think there is. We're going to see another team in this generation that will go and do what Real Madrid did. I just don't think there's going to be another team like that I don't this think generation. So. No, like that's a once in a generation type feat that Real Madrid pulled off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that City can, and I don't want to talk too much about City, but like I definitely think that for them, that's my pick. I'm And, and uh, you're referring to Real Madrid winning three Champions Leagues in a row. In right? a row, okay. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I just don't, I'm not sure if we're going to see that happen again. I don't think so at all. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. And we can predict all we want, but we really, we really never don't know. know. Some billionaire could come by Leeds and they could be, you know. Exactly. Massive, you know, so you, exactly. you really never know. But the teams that have been on top in the past do tend to, t- tend to stay on top. And uh, definitely City's got the right track record recently. 
What's, what held back Arsenal from being that upper echelon, competing consistently against Bayern, against Real Madrid, Barcelona, is losing the Champions League final in 2006. And even Wenger said it himself, you know, that would have changed the trajectory of the club tenfold. Right. Because instead of not investing in players for 10 years, they would have kept getting the top quality players that they had. Right. I think City could, in the next 10 years, be what Arsenal is now if they don't win the Champions League while Pep's there. That would be frustrating. Especially with all the money that's been put in. That would be very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you never know. Predictions can be... Like you said, though, the top, the teams at the top tend to stay at the top. Bar uh, Blackburn. Bar Blackburn. <laughs> yeah. Bar Nottingham Forest. Bar... <laughs> like, okay, okay. Maybe not every team, but for the most part, yeah. the, your Liverpools and Man Uniteds will still be at the top 10 years from now. Definitely. But let us know what you think, obviously, uh, in the comments section on YouTube. Definitely check us out there and leave a like and subscribe. <laughs> Shameless plug in the middle of the episode. Uh, you ready to move on? Yeah. Perfect. So first of the uh, Carabao Cup matches that took place on Wednesday, uh, Aston Villa and Wolves. I had predicted a 2-1 to Aston Villa. Mm. And you had a 2-0 to Wolves. And you were right. It was 2-0 to Aston Villa. Yeah, and... It was 2-1, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, 2-1. Yeah, Couturne had a goal in there. Uh, and it was actually a pretty decent match from the highlights that we saw. We obviously can't watch every game <laughs> as much as I wish we could. Yeah. Uh, but it seemed pretty decent. Aston Villa will definitely have to keep uh, reimagining themselves since uh, Grealish is out for the foreseeable future. But that's a pretty solid team that's going on right there. Yeah, let's just hope they can continue to compete in the, the Premier League. Stay up. I like Villa. Oh, yeah. Same I like here. Villa. So. I think we both have a bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah. Uh, but next up, two teams I don't really have a soft spot for. Chelsea United. Yeah. We both predicted 3-1 to Chelsea. And it ended up 2-1 to United. Went the now other way, yeah. Sitting here looking stupid. <laughs> well, we had talked about how desperate this is for United. You know, they need to win every game they can, scavenge anything they can. And they did put out the stronger side. Uh, I think one big misconception, especially for this year's competitions, at this point, uh, they're not just fielding out youngsters. You know, and you'll see it in the Liverpool and Arsenal game. Uh, both teams had pretty potent players out there. And United were simply the better team. Something clicked at the right time, but this seems like a more confident United team. And Rashford seems to actually, like, feel like a football player again. Mm. There was a while where it felt like the pressure was too much for him, leading the line at United. But he had a an incredible free kick. Please check it out if you haven't already. Uh, and that sealed the victory for them. So props to United. Chelsea, I don't think this will be a, a negative look for them at all. Because... There's, again, no expectations for Chelsea. Mm-mm. All they need to do is stick in the pack in the Premier League. That's all they need to worry about. Get top about. four. Exactly. See if you can make it to the knockout rounds of the Champions League if you yeah. want. But that's it. Yeah. It's it's a great position to be in. Yeah. Um, and now for the, what was probably, not probably, what definitely was the best game of the Carabao Cup so far. Liverpool-Arsenal. Yeah. Um, what a game. I predicted 2-1 to Liverpool. You predicted 2-1 to Arsenal. And, and we were both It far. ended up being 5-5, <laughs> going to penalties, and ending 5-4 in penalties uh, with Liverpool uh, winning. Yeah, that was so much fun to watch, honestly. Um, it started with a Mustafi on goal, which 
unfortunate. I'll tell you what, it, yes, it was very unfortunate. He was actually probably our best defender on the night, except for two or three moments. Uh, and unfortunately, those moments cost us. It was the own goal, and then when Div Rakarigi evened it up at, in stoppage time to lead it to pens. Uh, but you look at these two lineups. You know, Liverpool had Joe Gomez, James Milner, Naby Keita, Lalana, Oxley Chamberlain, and Div Rakarigi out. Arsenal had Ozil, Torreira, Bellerin, Mustafi, Holding, Kolasinac. No. Yes, they're younger sides, but there were also pretty established players, you know? Yeah. Um, Champions League winner in there, a World Cup winner. So I don't think the uh, perception that this is just for youngsters is all that correct. And I think the notion that Arsenal put out a stronger team than Liverpool is also not that right. A World Cup winner? Mesut, oh, Mesut Ozil. Oh, yeah. And Mustafi. And Mustafi, and Mustafi. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Two World Cup winners, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I automatically like was starting to scan for a French player. Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. I said something like really stupid there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a really entertaining match, back and forth. Uh, Martinelli with two goals. Yeah. Dudes. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain with a fantastic goal. Amazing goal. Joe and, Willick with a fantastic oh goal. Oh my gosh, that should have been the winner and yeah. was very deserving of such. But Divrock Origi um, pulled it, up clutch. It, if VAR, this game would have been very different if VAR had been in this competition. Yeah. Uh, Terrell was offside for the first goal. The uh, penalty wasn't a penalty. It was um, it was a dive by yeah. Harvey Elliott. So, like, things would have gone a little different. The scoreline probably wouldn't have been as high. Um, but I still think it would have been overall an entertaining match. And, it I mean, it was an entertaining match. 5-5. Five, mm-hmm. five. Like, you don't necessarily go to Anfield and expect to score five goals and not win. Exactly. And uh, it's, it's sad, but... This is more entertaining than anything I've seen from Arsenal this season. Fair. And sure enough, everything was going well for Arsenal when Mesut Ozil was on the pitch. After he got substituted in the uh, 60th or 65th minute, there was one chance created, which was a Joe Willick goal from 30 yards out. Fantastic goal. Fantastic goal. I gotta say, though, I feel like... Emery taking Ozil off was more of a, hey, I'm still in charge around here. I think it very well could be that. I think it's because he's probably resting him for the weekend. Yeah, right. Hopefully, hopefully. But it's undeniable that Arsenal's a better team when Mesut Ozil's on the pitch, and there's no better midfielder than him at the club. And he showed it there. You know, he had one assist, but everything went through him. Every opportunity went through him. It and was, yes, it was against a young Liverpool team, but I mean, it's it's, it's Ozil. come on. First Harry. of all, his assist for Ainsley Maitland-Niles goal was pretty. <laughs> was, was pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, I feel bad for uh, Sabias missing the penalty. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. What can you do though? It, that's that's a game. It's a do? cruel game. What can you do now? For those of you who are into youth players and youth development. Uh, this was also a really interesting game to watch because Liverpool have a very highly rated keeper, Keller, who <laughs> let in five goals, but he's super young, and we know the learning curve for keepers comes at a later age. I mean, heck, what is Emmy Martinez, 26? 20, about to be 27, I'm pretty 27, sure. 27, and he, he let in five goals as well. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it yeah. may be time for um, Martinez to come on, but 
Harvey Elliott looked decent. He did. He did. Ryan Brewster did not look that great. Yeah. And he's one that's kind of expected to be scoring by now. He's still 19, but he's one of the next big things, supposedly. Yeah. Curtis Jones of Liverpool looked decent. He, I thought was he was nothing kind of special. Poor. I thought he did get the winning penalty, though. Yeah. Martinez I, got a hand on it. It was kind of unfortunate. What can you do? Um, now, one more of their really highly rated players is Sepp Vandenberg, uh, 17-year-old Dutch defender. <laughs> Supposedly, he's the next big, big thing. Uh, on Arsenal side, we've seen quite a bit of our youngsters, but Klopp came out after the game and said, Martinelli's a generational talent. I feel like that says it all. It does, but that is, I think it's a bit early to call him a generational talent. How many other people have been called generational talents and have faded into into obscurity? Oh, no, you're not wrong at all. And I think there's a lot of X factors in that. But I think it's definitely promising to hear a coach of Klopp's esteem to uh, say something like that. No, 100%. I'm not going to call him that just yet because he's seven games into the year. Exactly. And also, but, I mean, like, I mean, I'm not trying to rag on him. Like, props to him. You know, who goes to Anfield and scores a brace? At 17. Yeah. You know, so props he to does. him, but I just don't, I, I think it's a bit early to say, oh, he's a generational talent. Agreed. Mbappe is a generational talent. Martinelli's a generational okay. okay, yeah. Let's move on to the <laughs> yeah. weekend predictions. Um, so first up, okay, more Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> Even I'm tired of talking about Arsenal. <laughs> it's Arsenal Wolves. 2-1. Uh, Agreed, 2-1. Uh, Sevilla versus Atletico Madrid. I'm going... For the classic Atleti, we for a 1-1 draw. Yeah, and this one's so hard to judge because Atletico is playing like Atleti and they tend to just get one, maybe two goals, fight it out. On the other side, Sevilla's been super inconsistent, but Madrid's been struggling. To, they've gone through a dry spell. They're not scoring as much as you'd expect, even though we don't expect much from them. No, not from a Simeone side. And I've picked Madrid every single time we've previewed one of their matches. I just can't do it this time. I'm going Sevilla, 2-1. It could go either way, or be a draw. Um, next up, we have Real Madrid and Real Betis. I'm going for a 2-2 draw. Betis is a team that should be doing so much better than they are. And I think they'll get up for this game, though. It's Real Madrid. I think so, and I think they're going to keep improving throughout the season goes. Uh, they're still kind of gelling together. I just think Madrid's got too much to lose. 2-0. Okay. Uh, Marseille versus Lille. Lille's uh, been doing pretty decent. Decent? Yeah. I'm going for a 3-1. Marseille just got that beat down from PSG 4-0 the yeah. other day. So. PSG, who's 1-0 up right now. Mbappe just scored as we were talking about him. Uh, I think Lille are going to win. I'm just going to leave it at a 2-1. All right, sticking in France, um, we got Saint Etienne with your man that you were talking about earlier in the podcast, Saliba. Saliba, and then we got my boys down at Monaco, uh, Somani, Benyetter, all those Benyetter guys. Benyetter is a beast. Um, I'm going for a three-two for Monaco, and I'm going for a two-two. Uh, Saint Etienne's defense has actually been pretty decent, mm-hmm. uh, not even because of Saliba. You know they do have quite a good side there. Um, but I can't see them beating Monaco or scoring enough. I think scoring is St. Etienne's issue, and Monaco's <laughs> such a threat. 
The going forward, Monaco is, is about as free flowing as it gets. Yeah. But in the back, oh my god, they are it's a mess. shambles. Camille it's Glick ridiculous. Is over it. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's a whole nother like I could talk about the defensive issues at Monaco for the next twenty minutes, but I will save you guys that because I know nobody cares. <laughs> um and Last now let's one. move to Italy. Uh the Turin Derby, Torino versus Juve. Also, before we get into that, the Juve's new kits that they just dropped, the neon ones. Have you seen them? No, no, they, I they wore them in the last game. Absolutely atrocious. I think they look horrible. And I know that's like a I, I'm taking a really strong stance on them, but I think they're absolutely disgusting. I love how this is where you draw the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to see it. Hold um on. they literally wore them in that last game. I think it's their fourth kit. Um and I know that that should be coming for uh, Arsenal, Bayern, and Real Madrid soon as well, Yeah, right? so Adidas, for their premier teams, they do release an extra fourth kit every season. I just hope it's not as ugly as the Juve ones they dropped. <laughs> I'm excited to see Arsenal's. You know, there's a retro kit that was released that everybody thought was the fourth kit, but that's not the case. Uh, okay, I see it. It's... <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's not... It's, it... It's not good. It's something. It's it's not good. <laughs> it looks like something a germ would be wearing in Osmosis like, Jones. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it looked like someone just like, I don't know, man. What in the world? It looks like my phone is on like the wrong setting. Radioactive barf. Yeah, exactly. You, like, you remember back when we had the old TVs with the big butts? I miss those. And... Uh, You'd mess up the cable wire a little bit, and it would just show everything with a big green tint. Yes. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's disgusting. And also, <clears throat> this grainy effect at the bottom, I really am not falling for it either. Yeah, I'm not. It looks I mean, like if you, you just drug the shirt through gravel. Yeah, that, Adidas do better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Adidas right. do. I right. realize we haven't even predicted the, for the game yet. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, let's, let's get let, back let, to that. Right, I'm going for a 2 0 for a Juve. As long as they don't wear their fourth kit. I'm going for a 3 1 to Juve. Uh, they don't seem as compact as we've known them to be in the past, but I think Sari's going to iron that out. He started a bit rocky with. Well, no, he started great with Chelsea. They were on a winning streak, and then they lost a lot of games getting closer to the winter. And obviously, they rebounded to get into European competitions. Uh, I'm sorry, the Champions League. I think they're going to go through the same thing in Juve, and it's going to be a fun run-in into Christmas. But that's all. Yep. Shreddy him out. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was supposed to mention the Fantasy League, but I completely forgot it. I was here like almost, I was almost sneezing, trying to tell you to talk. All right. <laughs> well, I'll take over. We do have our fantasy league still. Uh, <laughs> my fantasy league is struggling. Thankfully, you're also in the lead, or in the league. But if you join, the winner at the end of the year will get a $50 gift card courtesy of Otis. So, courtesy of It's Called Football. <laughs> courtesy of Otis. <laughs> so definitely make sure to join. That will be in the link uh, I'm sorry, the description is down below on YouTube. Check us out. Leave a like, subscribe, comment, tell us everything we did wrong. My name's Jose. My name's Otis. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>